Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick. want to thank you all for listening, and uh, please make sure to download, uh, or, or sorry, to sign up for wherever you downloaded this from. Uh, you know, subscribe to uh, to our feed. You'll get the uh, either an instant download or you get a notification that you got a new show that you can get, and it really helps us out. Also, leave us a five-star review uh, if you can. Uh, it helps keep this network going. And also subscribe to the Fight Game Media Patreon at patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's just five bucks a month. And uh, you get all kinds of great content for that five bucks. Uh, but uh, we got a packed show today. We got a bunch of shows, well, a couple shows from this past weekend to go over. And we're going to look ahead at uh, next week. Uh, are they back in the Apex next week? We'll talk about that. Yeah. I should know. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I guess with this main event, they probably not surprised uh but uh, we'll talk about that in a bit um first up uh we had uh beltor from paris and uh some little minor news came in over the past week that i uh i i i wouldn't have known if you hadn't have told me but uh apparently i can't watch beltor in canada anymore um you know unless I no, want one to no, no one can no one can and it became a big deal because i think i think Shit, uh, there might be more viewers in Canada for Bellator than there are in the states. Well, sure, because it was free on YouTube, <laughs> like up until this <laughs> ain't past free week. anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's what it, it's like. It's seventeen fifty, I think, to per, per event per show. God. Like Jesus. ridiculous, and you and you get on demand viewing for seven days for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on, dude. Like, there's no way. There's no Bellator show that I'm paying seventeen fifty for. Um, I mean, I suppose if they had a pay-per-view, I might, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't watching most of the shows anyway, so I always forgot that they were on, but, um, in, in this past week they were in Paris and they were on Showtime in the United States. Um, I didn't see the ratings. I don't know if you did maybe while I'm going over the results, you can, you can do that, but, uh, I doubt Fabian, it did good. I doubt it did good. No, I don't think so. Cause I think it. I don't know if they aired it live and then again later on, or if they just aired it later on at night and pretended that it was live. But um, they uh, they had the main event. It was uh, Leon's brother Fabian Edwards uh, beat former champion Jagard Musasi, you know MMA legend. Uh, Nash decision. Um, I don't know if the fight was any good. I didn't really hear anything about it, um, other than the fact like I found out about this. Um, via Bellator because they sent out an email 
basically announcing that uh, Fabian was going to get a title shot in England or in the UK in Dublin um, in September against uh, Johnny Eblen, who uh, yeah, they, they announced it on the show. Yeah, yeah. They, so had said, they had said coming in this fight it was a title eliminator. So well, it kind of worked out really well for them that a UK fighter gets a title shot in Dublin. So um, although Masasi is probably big, pretty big over there as well, and uh, so that's September. So that's what four months away and they've already announced three matches for that card. So um, they, they like to go to Dublin a couple times a year, but um, yeah, so he won. He he's, he's getting the title shot now. And uh, the other big fight on the card was in real, real what, quick on that. Here's an yeah. interesting stat stat. I don't know if you knew about this about Gegard Musasi. Okay. No. So he's been fighting since 2003 and, uh, and Friday was his 60th career fight is the first time he's lost back to back fights in his career. Wow, and the, and both by decision, um, yeah. and yeah, that's that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, um, yeah, I I had no idea. Yeah, sixty fights, and most I mean, you know, he's been at a pretty high level for most of that time. Yeah, like, I mean, Strike Force, Dream, K One, Pride, um, Pride, Pride, yeah, for, yeah. So Jeez, just, he goes back a long way. UFC, yeah, yeah. Pride Bushido in two thousand six. Wow. And yeah, of course, UFC, um, even M1. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you know, it's I got to think he's got to be pretty close to the end at this point. You know, I don't know what else he's going to do in Bellator, um, but uh, you know, he's had a nice run there. Went seven and three, had the championship for a little while, um, and lost Fabian Edwards. So uh, you know, put put a guy over on the way out. Um, and uh, in the um, Lightweight Grand Prix, Brent Primus, former champion, beat uh, local favorite Mansoor Barnway. Uh, another unanimous decision. Uh, sounds like a... Uh, this, is, this is not the maximum male models, Mansoor. No, it? no. Well, it kind of looks a little like him. Um, and... Uh, or is it Mansoor? Uh, depends. I, I think today it's Mansoor. <laughs> um, although I bet you on uh, on the 27th it'll be Mansoor again when when they're in the, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Um, it wasn't all bad news for French fans though because Thibaut Gauti got a win, uh, second round KO over Kane Moussa in the opener, and on the other main card fight Douglas Lima beat Costello Van Stenis, uh by Nav's decision. So three decisions. I'm kind of glad I didn't watch this. Um, did you catch any of it or hear any buzz or anything? The most buzz I've been hearing about from Bellator is, uh, you know, the walls are closing in on a cell on that. Yeah. See that way. And I have a so, pretty good idea where, where, or I have a good idea. I won't say pretty good. I have a good idea where, where I'm kind of leaning towards it going. And it's not Disney or UFC buying it. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. So you're, what, you're going to just save that for uh, Mike and JD's show? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that Mike and JD show came from the board. Uh, oh, okay. uh, I, it's I you don't have to say I, now if you don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say because it might burn something. Sure. Yeah. No problem. Something. No problem. So, so but, just stay uh, tuned. You'll hear something very soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to keep this one close to the vest for now. For yeah. Now. No. No. No problem. I don't burn mean, anything. Yeah. And you know what? You <laughs> predictions uh, hasn't been the best week of that. I can for tell. You, just in I terms mean, of feedback. I, I know people people hate hearing this when they hear other podcast podcasts, but then I promise you, I have to keep this one kind of yep close to the vest, off record. If you kind of want to contact me and kind of know, you might get some info from me. You, 
Paul, as far as you, I'll tell you off here. All right. So Ryan J. Frederick on Twitter. You can send him a DM. His DMs are open. Uh, but yeah, so that was Bellator. Uh, do, 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 see when they're – they got that show they announced in September. It looks like their next show is on June is 16th. It, They've only got two shows scheduled right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. that? Yeah, <laughs> which is, you know, kind of – yeah, like I said. Like I said, there's – there's stuff going on with him. So. Yeah, they got they got that that big show in Chicago next month, yeah. and then uh, then that Bellator Dublin show in September, and that that's it. So, um, but of course, the big show from this past weekend was UFC on ABC Four. Um, the uh, don't have a viewership yet, but it was you know it aired on Saturday Saturday afternoon on uh, ABC. It's a pretty good show. Uh, I thought you know some decent names on the show, and you know a lot of. Uh, I thought the for the most part, like pretty much all the right fighters won. Probably the yeah. fighters UFC wanted to win, I would yeah. think. Yeah, Dana said specifically that uh, that to target these ABC cards just to be to feature a lot of guys that are trying to build up. You know, kind okay. of okay. Yeah, you know, well, well that would be Ian Gary cool. and Carlos Alberg, I think, the main ones, right? And Jotun Almeida. Right, 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 yeah, of course, yeah, in the main event, yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean, this was almost. I mean. I mean, the fight was completely different, but it was kind of really like identical booking, if you want to call it that, to the matchup a couple of weeks ago with, um, uh, God, I forgot the names already. The two heavyweights. Um, uh, real scary uh, Pavlo, dude. Pavlovich Pavlo, Pavlo, yeah. and Blades, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I'm just blanking. I mean, these, and this is like kind of just the level right below that. Um, you know, and, and Almeida is a guy, you know, like he's got so many tools at heavyweight, kind of like a modern day Fabricio Verdum, I would say, you know, if you haven't seen him, yeah. um, you know, not exactly the same, but you know, it's a similar idea, you know, he's a heavyweight that can knock you out or submit you and the guy you definitely don't want to go to the ground with. I mean, that was the story of this fight. Like, you know, and they were on the feet, like, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't, I thought Omeda was still winning on the feet, but it wasn't like, you know, Rosenstruck was in there and could have landed a strike. But as soon as uh, Omeda got him down, like the fight was over. Like, you know, like, I mean, it, you, you know, it was whether it wasn't like instant, but you knew like there's no way Rosenstruck's getting up and Omeda's going to submit him. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, it felt like a squash match. And I, yeah. and I said afterwards, like, this was classic Joe Silva booking. If anybody who's been, Longtime fans from before the sale, they know who Joe Silva is. He used to be the UFC matchmaker during the during the big years, and he would always, you know, he uh, Joe Silva was a big time pro wrestling fan. He liked to book MMA like pro wrestling with always the idea if you have if you have an up and coming guy guy who you're ready to to boost in that main event status. You put him against a guy who's either a former title challenger or somebody who's just on the cusp that you don't think is that you don't think is ever going to fight for a title, but but at the same time, if that person were if that person who you expect to lose were to win, it wouldn't be necessarily the end of the world kind of kind of a situation. But the whole but what but what the whole idea is is you're booking for a squash match in the hopes that it, that what you want, which is the squash match. With the up and coming guy winning, winning that's classic Joe Silva booking, and that's exactly what this was right here. Just, yeah, just I mean, once it went to the ground, it was like it's like it was over. And uh, did yeah. you hear Daniel Cormier and uh, you know, talking afterwards? No, after uh, I don't think so. Maybe, yeah, he was talking about how you know, years ago, heavyweight was being dominated 
by wrestlers and and ground guys. You know, your Fabrizio Verdooms, yeah, yeah, your Kane Velasquez is, you know, guys you didn't want to go to the ground with because they would carve you up, carve you up and spit you down, you know, carve you up, chew you up and spit you out. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. And uh, now it's mainly sloppy people on the feet and a lot of striking and the wrestling on the ground game has kind of escaped the heavyweight division. And now you have somebody like Jonathan Almeida who could strike on the feet, but is going to bring that dangerous ground game game back. It's like a lot of these heavyweights right now in the UFC might not be prepared for that. So that makes them even more of a dangerous, dangerous up and comer. Aspinall might be like that too, right? A little bit. Very possibly. Very possibly. Yeah. Aspinall's big thing is we've seen, we've seen a lot of stuff on the feet from him because he's he shown power, power. So, but the times he's gone to the ground, ground people, he's ragged on them too. So, yeah. Um, I I thought, and the other thing they did really well, and, and this is right out of pro wrestling too, uh, was you know because I watch, I don't always watch these shows live, but I watched most of the show live, and so I saw a lot of the video packages, and they just built up, you know, Jerzen Rosenstruck as like just this killer. Like through the whole show, they're showing you video packages, second fastest the you know, stoppage in heavyweight history, and then he had the latest stoppage in heavyweight history, and you just see this guy, and like they're talking about how he just came out of nowhere during the pandemic and just knocking people out, and you just set him up so that Almeida can just take him down, and uh, it was just perfect, like you know, um, and and yeah, and they created a new. I mean, he's really at this point, like you know, Pavlovich a couple weeks ago got him, probably got himself a title shot, and Almeida is like one fight away from that, probably one, two, two at most. Yeah, two at most. I mean, it, it's more about what it, what happens at heavyweight at this point, like yeah, you know, whether or not exactly. John Jones fights again, and you know, I mean, honestly, if 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 for whatever reason Jones doesn't fight, I mean, you know, you could almost do Almeida and Pavlovich, although yeah. I wouldn't do that, but. Um, uh, I'm I'm disappointed. John's talking about being one one more and done against Stipe yeah. because the idea of him him against guys like Pavlovich, Aspinall, and Almeida, mm-hmm. to name a few, like those are those are would be some very intriguing heavyweight fights right there. Well, maybe he's not interested in that. <laughs> John Jones <laughs> yeah. is interested interested most in money. So right, know. and that's the thing. Like these guys are high risk, low reward. You know, I, in my opinion, he'll get paid either way. So true, true. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but I mean, it's not like, yeah. I guess he's going to get his, you know, ten million dollars either way. Whether the, because I just don't like. I don't think Pavlovich and Jones is going to do any significantly better than any John Jones fight is going to do. But I guess for Jones, it doesn't matter because he's got the guarantee. He's got the guarantee, and you know, even even so, I mean, his his last fight with Gone did monster what, numbers. Yeah, monster numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah biggest one of the year for sure um and uh we haven't talked about we kind of hinted at gary and olberg but the co-main <laughs> co-main was i mean it, johnny walker beat anthony smith United decision and it was just a i mean problem was like smith just he was getting beat up and probably should have quit like i don't know it, it wasn't like it should have been stopped or anything but smith just took a lot of punishment and it was pretty clear from about halfway through the fight on that, you know, like there's no chance Smith had to win and it was just whether or not he was going to hang on and not get yeah. beat, you know, not get stopped. Yeah. I mean, kind of depressing I'm, to watch. Yeah. Hindsight moving this fight out of the main event slot into co-main was a 
was a great decision. Oh yeah, because Smith probably would have gone another ten minutes. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? and 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 Walker, he had a good showing. Good yeah. showing destroyed the league leg, lead yeah. leg of Anthony Smith. So that was that was really the big key, big key because Smith was having trouble standing on it from halfway through the second, but especially in the third, third. But Walker at the same time, like like he said, he wasn't really trying to finish Smith. No one, yeah, no even. Knowing he had him in trouble, I don't know the exact reason. I don't know if he felt bad for Anthony Smith of after everything yeah. he's been to, been through in the last year. He didn't want to, he didn't want to, you humiliate know, him or... humiliate him or or whatnot. But I mean, it just it was Walker's biggest win of his career for sure. But uh, yep, not necessarily something like memorable where you're clamoring to be to be like put that guy in a title eliminator ne- next. But uh, it was good showing. Good showing, and you know he got to he got to go the distance with a veteran fighter and get a win. It's a confidence booster yeah. for him. his first uh, decision win in UFC. Yeah, yeah, it's a big confidence booster for that guy. Yeah, the guy. So, um, and and really, like you know, it in uh, last year. I mean, he had he had had his fourth loss in five fights, and was probably like one fight away from being. Uh, you know, out of the UFC and now he's got three wins in a row and, yeah. you know, probably right on the cusp of, yeah. uh, you know, of contention. Yeah. And he's got a bigger name than most of those guys. So really like another one or two wins and, you know, yeah. he's probably getting a title shot. Yeah. So, um, so we could do our three stars. Let's see. And yeah. What? Let's do you yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. But, but I want to, I want to break tradition here. I'm given the first star, and then I'll yeah. let you pick your three. Because yeah. the first well, star, I was I'll the go first star is Brian Bell. I'll go ahead and let let yeah let you do your three because okay. if I went first, I was leaving him for you anyway. Okay, so, so Brian Battle is number one star, like no question. This card, so he was on the second fight of the card, and this was in this Charlotte, and um, you know, and and the the crowd wasn't very loud in the in the opener, so I wasn't quite sure how many people were, were even there yet. But Brian Battle comes out, and it's probably like, what, 12.30 local time uh, in the afternoon. And this place went nuts for him, uh, local guy. And he was just pumped up. He was like, he's just jumping around and, and, and like just fired up. And Gabe Green was getting booed. He's his opponent. And they go out there. They fought for 14 seconds. And there was more action in that 14 seconds than you see in a lot of rounds. Um, you know, and, and Brian battle finished him and he was so happy and he did the post fight interview and he was just the best baby face in the world. And he's, I think we said this after every one of his fights, like this guy is a potential star. Like, I mean, he's got to beat some better guys, obviously down the road, but, um, I just, I can't love this guy enough. And, uh, just a great, great, like performance in the cage, outside the cage. And that crowd was so loud for him uh you know at you know like i said 12 30 in the afternoon like i don't know you know i don't think they were quite full yet but whoever was there was making a lot of noise um yeah yeah uh my second star uh i i'll leave that one for you alex morono uh over tim means uh this was i i really like this fight and uh Marone, like they, they kind of had a back and forth first round. I thought, I, I thought, I think I gave it to Morono, but I thought it was close. And then uh, in the second round, he submitted him with a guillotine choke. Uh, Means was, you know, like a game competitor, but Morono really needed the win, and they kind of, you know, had a moment of respect after the fight. And uh, I, I thought it was just, just a really good, good, really good uh, showing there. 
And uh, I'll go with my third star. Um, uh, I'll go Tanera Lisboa because I'll leave you the, the obvious ones. Uh, in the first fight, she beat Jessica Rose Clark, submitted her with a rear naked choke, 40 seconds left in the fight. And she looked she looked really good here as well. And uh, just a uh, really good performance. And Jessica Rose Clark is, uh, I don't know, she's 11 and 9 now and might be... Uh, she might be done, I think. <laughs> three, she, three says she says she's coming back. And yeah, I just whether or not they bring her back is the no, key. they'll bring her back. They, they, I guess bantamweight is pretty light, right? They like her, and there's yeah, there's like 20 bantamweights on the roster, okay? But yeah, Lisboa, uh, really nice performance from her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll leave you the three obvious ones, okay? NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, no, number one is Matt Brown. Of course. Far and away, Matt Brown. Uh, you know, he, Court McGee was trying to get him down, you know, and, and got him down, and Brown Brown did a good job of getting back up. But uh, as McGee was coming forward, Brown drops him with the right hand and then does his does his standard walk-off, walk-off, uh, and, it's, and it stopped. I mean, McGee, McGee was not out cold from that punch. But he wouldn't have lasted much longer if Brown followed up, followed yeah. up, and uh, yeah, just Matt Brown uh, tied the knockout, re- tied the all-time UFC knockout record. Yeah, record, Derek uh, Lewis. Yeah, with Derek Lewis, twelve. Uh, he uh, he he said his he cut a good. He always cuts good yep. fight interviews. Interviews. He's one of the best. He's one of the best. Like when you just want to listen to this raw emotion and great post-fight interviews, he's one of the best to look look from and he's all he's just this like he's always like like his biggest fear when fighting is that 30 seconds after he walks out of the cage yes because because that's when he's afraid he's not afraid inside the octagon and the whole question was you know 42 years old matt do you want to keep fighting and he's like i want that knockout record so i think he so wants to fight connor I think he wants. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw yeah, that on Twitter. I don't want. You know, I, did, I, I was going to bring Connor up, but Connor just is like. I know they're just fucking just, around. Like he, that's not Connor, of course, being Connor. Connor yeah. saying that knockout record will be mine, and Matt Brown goes like, "You want to fight me for it?" And then of course, other people will be like, "You know, Connor, if you actually want that record, you actually need to fight." Yeah, you can't you can't get that record just sitting out because I almost quote tweeted him because there's no way he's fighting five more times. Even yeah, if he gets knockouts, it's it's like I mean, even Dana said he doesn't he doesn't know whenever whenever 
they're going to be able to book Chandler versus Connor, and to the point where like we might need to be looking at at booking Chandler or something else because I don't. Jeez. They don't. It seems like they don't know what's going on with Connor. I mean, I mean, he looked ridiculously big, big, and you know, to the point where it's like everybody's wondering with the whole USADA thing, thing. And if you've seen pictures of him lately, he's definitely lost some of that size that he gained for for let's let's be honest he gained that he gained that size to for that movie for roadhouse because yeah because they wanted him to look a certain way and he wanted to look a certain certain way and uh he's starting to lose that lose that i don't know if that means you know he's jumping into usada has or is about to but uh but yeah i mean you know dana doesn't know when they're gonna book that fight so that's just interesting but anyway back to the stars second one ian gary uh this was you know, I question whether he was ready for Daniel Rodriguez for somebody like Daniel Rodriguez <laughs> going in this fight, especially just barely two months after his last fight. But he answered every question. He looked fantastic in there. His his striking was crisp. Rodriguez is a very good volume puncher, and he was just ducking under every single offensive offense that Rodriguez was trying to mount. Landed a head kick. Rodriguez tumbled to the ground and finished them off punches from the top. I think it was the first time Rodriguez has ever been finished. Rodriguez was 17 and three coming in this fight. So yeah, first, first time he's been knocked out, you know, so uh very good showing for Gary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he needs another win, win against a higher ranked opponent. And then you do this, but I think they're ready to, I think, they might be a, be ready to go, might be able to go back to Dublin right now with him in a headline spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and my third is uh, going to be Carlos Olberg. Yeah, uh, looks like a legit light heavyweight contender. He's got a bunch of power. His takedown defense was really good in this fight. Uh, knocked knocked down Ihor Patera with uh, with a left hand. And was landing some big punches, and then he did a he did a walk off, and it was it almost oh, like yeah. it took the referee like a couple of seconds to actually stop stop the fight. But I think Olbert was just like, "Dude, just stop it. That guy's done. That guy's yeah. done. You don't want me to beat him up anymore." So it's kind of you know great showing for him in two minutes nine seconds. And yeah, do him and Johnny Walker next? Yeah, not yet. No, no. okay, too early no. for Olbert. Uh, I would tour. Yeah, I'd, I'd want him to build up one more. You okay. know, get him. You know, because he's not quite ranked, so I'd want to get him yeah. a lower ranked guy. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe give him <laughs> another showcase on a big. Yeah. Maybe uh, next time they go to Australia or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, one thing I'll say about Ian Gary, I, I said this. Uh, I think I said it on Twitter. Um, I think if Ian McGarry had pa- pa- Patty Pimblett's personality, he'd be Conor McGregor. Man. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I think I think Gary's got a good personality. Oh, he does. He's got a good personality. Very good. He, I mean, Patty is next level, though, is what I'm saying. Like, Patty's yeah. got everything but the fighting ability. Yeah. Um, you know, the look, the talking, um, the, the swag. And, I mean, Gary's look is incredible, too. Like, Gary looks like I mean if I mean everybody listening is probably some but I mean he looks like Sage Northcut but he fights like way better you know yeah. like he's he's just uh, he's a star and, and I think like he I mean yeah Dublin's perfect because I think like they would go nuts for him 
I think it would be reminiscent of like, you know, that show they did in Dublin where like Asling Daly came off as like the biggest star in the world, you know, Um, you know, they, they might go like, they might give him a Connor reaction in Dublin, you know, depending on how the fight would go. Yeah. Maybe throw him against Brian Battle. You know, like oh, they both no, gave, that, that would that would be that'd be bad for battle. Don't do that. They, but they just, you know, he knocked out Gabe Green, and Gabe Green went to a he, decision with Ian he, Gary. Gary's going to be ranked. You give him. I know. I the, know. The, he called out Neil Magny. That's honestly perfect. that's a perfect one, and that's, that's a headlining not, fight. Yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah, could be. I'd like to do what I'd like to do with Ian Gary. Honestly, my track would the way I would track him towards a headlining. I would not do Ian Gary against Neil Magny headline in Dublin, but I would book that fight somewhere, somewhere big on a, on a show of fans with fans. And if Gary wins that, then you do Dublin and my perfect fight for him headline in Dublin is Ian Gary against Steven Thompson. Oh yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that's a tough one too, but I mean, you know, tough, but uh, I mean, if he get like I'm saying, if he, he can beats, beat Magny. Yeah. He beats that's Magny. A, yeah. That's the next logical step right there in my yeah. opinion. And then if he can't beat Magny, then yeah, then at least you don't embarrass him in his hometown. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I like that. All right. Take us through the rest of these. Okay. Yeah. It uh, started with the women's bantamweight uh, fight. You talked about Tanara Lisboa uh, submitted Jessica Rose Clark third round fun fight while it lasted. Both of them were, both of them had their moments. Lisboa was Clark rocked Lisboa a couple times on the feet, but Lisboa recovered and she outlanded her and outgrappled her uh, on the way to the submission. Then you had Brian Battle knocking out Gabe Green in 14 seconds. If you miss this, watch everything you can from the <laughs> from the from the walkout all the way through the post fight interview. Interview. It was a fantastic moment and great win for Brian Battle. All right, now we're going to have to talk about this next one for a little bit. It was a women's yep. flyweight fight. Uh, it was uh, Mandy Baum uh, won a technical split decision over GE on Kim, uh, 28 27, 28 27, and then 27-28. Uh, this might have been the biggest clusterfuck I've ever seen in UFC history about just about stuff. Okay. Larry Carter. Larry Carter. No, no. I want to give Larry Carter props, and I'm going to do this, do this at, at, the, okay. at the very end. At the All very right. end. And uh, so, first round. First round was not much of anything. Anything Kim, Kim like rocked bomb right at the start of the fight, and probably could have finished her, but she just she hesitated and never really capitalized. And then there was a lot of just battling on the ground. Ground. I thought Kim had a guillotine choke. No, no, that was in the second. She had a she had a submission. She had better control time. I thought she won the first round, and then she definitely won the second round. Uh, you know. Bomb landed a little bit more, but Kim won in the grappling and had a ch- had a choke locked in at the end of the second round that was in tight. But Bomb made it through the made it to the end of the round. And here's where the interesting happened. So the horn sounds. Kim holds on to that guillotine choke for about a good two seconds after the horn horn before it's finally she finally lets go. And then she kicks Bomb off of her like while they're still on the ground. Several seconds after the horn had ended, definitely attacking the opponent after after the round. She gets she gets a point taken away from her at the start of the third round. You know, this correct call. You don't you don't, I don't strike. Think I've ever seen that? I'm sure it's happened, but I don't remember it. You know, to be honest, I, I I'm trying to remember, and I can't really remember. But at the but a lot of times, most of the times, I remember when somebody like strikes after the bell. It's usually yeah. at the end of the fight. So, yeah. 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 So I don't, you know, but uh, but yeah, anytime that happens, a point should be taken away. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay, and then the third round, they uh, you know they clinch right away. Kim has the back against the fence. Bomb puts her hand down. Okay, I hate this rule. The hand down to to block the to block being able to be kneed in the kneed in the head. It's is bullshit. I think there needs to be a knee on the ground, knee on the ground. Uh, uh, but uh, it's a rule. You can't do it. And Kim need bomb to the head. It was mm-hmm. an illegal knee. Uh, it was called accidental, accidental, not intentional. Uh, the uh, so bomb is she's saying she can't see. Gets checked out by the doctors. All this and that. Oh, she and sold that like a yeah, pro. Sold, sold that like a pro. <laughs> Fight stopped. Fight stopped. Okay, so we've already gone almost two minutes in the third round. Third round, which means this is going to go to the scorecards. Yep. Scorecards going to be a technical decision because it was ac- because it was ruled accidental. If it was ruled intentional, then Bomb would have won by DQ. So the judges score turn their scorecards in, scorecards in, and uh, after they turn their scorecards in, the referee takes a point away from Kim. Kim after the fight had ended, fight had ended. Uh, uh, so uh, which caused the problems. So now all the scorecards had to be taken back to the judges. They had to recalculate everything. It just turned into them, turned into the mess. Like uh, the referee, there's an obvious question here: Can they not just deduct a point from each card? Uh, the <laughs> the okay. So so what happened? Here's how it is. Uh, okay. Here's here. Here's how it is. When the final scorecards are submitted, everything has to be in writing and signed off by the oh. by the judges. So they have to go back and actually, the judges have to sign the scorecard. So. So they just had to redo it. It's not not a big, not it's not a big deal. It just it just took time and made everything look disorganized because the ref, the referee what what you say his name was Larry Carter. Larry Carter. He should have taken the point away immediately before, before yeah. they waved off the fight, saying, "Okay, point deduction, fight's over, fight's over." His mistake. If it was accidental. Why was it yeah. a point deduction? Be, well, you can take a point away for an accidental illegal, okay. illegal mm-hmm. blow. I mean, you, you know, all these groin strikes that are that are accidental, illegal blows. They could be taking a point away every single time, and a lot of people, a lot of people say every time a groin strike happens, yeah. they should be taking yeah. away, taking away a point. The knee to the head of the down opponent. I mean, you know, we can, we see times where referees aren't calling, aren't taking points when they should, and they're taking points when they shouldn't. Should it's very inconsistent. We talk about that all the time, but but he was in the right taking a point. He did he did a good job. Like both times, points the announcer be, be taken away. Did not was, do a good job. No, they didn't. And uh, no. <clears throat> I got they, a lot of to talk, I got a lot to talk about Dominic. Yeah, Cruz we'll we'll talk about, about that a bit. But when they they the, the insinuation, and I'm sure most people watching probably assumed they were right, was that the judges rescored after they found out about the point deduction. Is that's kind of what they said? Like they were yeah. they turned in a scorecard and then they got to re resubmit so theoretically they could have changed their score yeah you know what i, I mean that, like yeah i don't think, I don't that, think happened, that happened but that's yeah. the insinuation you were left with based on what you know dominic cruz said yeah <laughs> but well dominic cruz yeah. he's yeah, not we'll talk about him in a, in he's a he's not somebody you need to be listening to when it comes to scoring and a lot of things and definitely not about officials but yeah don't don't blow it don't blow this paul we'll we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute <laughs> yeah but yeah so mandy bone won by technical decision yeah yeah and, uh, i thought kim got screwed i thought she won all three rounds and that then, third round was so hard to judge though but yeah she had she had the body lock uh, the mm-hmm. whole round and if you gave it a 10 10 you know it'd still be a 10 
ten eight. Yeah, it'd be. And a ten ten would have been okay there, given that it was yeah. only one minute fifty five seconds. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. They still don't like it, even though when they tell you, even yeah. though in situations like that. Anyway, next fight, there was also an interesting moment. Yep, uh, it's a catchweight fight: Douglas Silva de Andrade, unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight over Cody Stamen. Uh, first round, uh, Andrade was very clearly winning on the feet. Uh, Stamen was able to score a takedown in this, and then. During the takedown and a scramble on the mat, Matt uh, Andrade landed an illegal upkick. Upkick. Stamen was fine, fine. You know they stood him up. They they called a timeout. Everybody got to the feet. They checked on checked out Stamen. He was fine. It was accidental. No point was taken away. But in this situation, they should have been start restart. The fight should have been restarted on the ground because because yeah, of, absolutely because of an accidental accidental blow by the defensive fighter you're not you know you can't you shouldn't be given the guy who did the accidental foul hit you know he should be put back in in a position where he's being dominated he shouldn't have the position taken away and the guy on offense stamen shouldn't have have position taken away when he's the one fouled so that was a big screw up they restarted on the feet and honestly that cost stamen the round because he was not able to he was not able to get andrage down again and andrage landed some big shots on him and the second round was all Andrade. Uh, you know, he was out on volume. And the third round was a big round for Stamen. He rocked Andrade. There was one point where uh, he hit him with a left hook. And to me, it looked like Andrade was about to fall down, but the fence was right there, and it kind of kept him on his feet. And then Stamen immediately dropped him after that. And I think Stamen messed up here. Instead of actually trying for the finish, he decided to go into the guard. Of Andrade and it let him recover. And uh, Stamen should have just let Andrade get to his feet. He probably would have finished him. And uh, yeah, went to the scorecards. Andrade won, won two out of three rounds, won the first and second round on all three scorecards. And but Stamen, he's got a legitimate gripe about about the, you know the fight not being restarted on the ground like it should have been. Should have been. So uh, I, just, I actually scored it a draw. Yeah. Um, you know, I gave I gave. Um, uh, Stamen a 10-8 in the in the third. Um, but yeah, you're right. And the thing is, like when you talk about, you know, for fans watching, I mean, you saw the previous fight, accidental blow, point deduction. Yeah. This fight, different ref, accidental blow, no point deduction. Yeah. And really, this one was way more like blatant than the other one, I thought. Yeah, but it was um, also a really quick kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that's but, the when they're scrambling on the mat like they were, you know, that stuff kind of tends to happen every once in a while. But but That's the other time. one directly cost um, Kim the fight, and whereas this one again yeah. in the other way, like it may have cost Damon yeah. a win, even though he did nothing wrong. Yeah, you so, know we talk about inconsistencies. Yeah, and especially when the when they're going to a state they haven't been to in a long time, long time, and there's officials that you don't see ever see on UFC shows. UFC shows it kind of you know yep and that yeah. this was Wayne Spinoli and the other guy was Larry Carter. Larry Carter so. did a good job in that in that fight. Wayne Spinoli, yeah. you know he he made a mistake and I'm sure yeah. you I'm sure it was pointed out to him to him. Well, and, and Stamen even reacted like he's yeah. like what the fuck like yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and, and so the, just, the guy just fight and then Stamen's yeah. like all right all right so yeah you know, he yeah. didn't really press on it too much yeah but, so but anyway but yeah Stamen said he was appealing. The decision He's because of win. that, it's you know, the fighters never win, but but it, I mean, but it at least brings attention to it. Anyways, yeah. uh, continue on. 
next we had heavyweight fight Carl Williams unanimous decision over Chase Sherman. Don't really need to talk about that. You know, <laughs> Williams took him down, and Sherman was a punching bag. Though he he did have a good third round, and uh, he did, yeah, yeah. After that uh, was Matt Brown's knockout first round over Court McGee, and then the main card we've touched on everything. But Alex Moreno second round submission over Tim Means, Carlos Olberg. First round knockout, two minutes, nine seconds. Uh, Ian Gary, first round knockout of Daniel Rodriguez. Johnny Walker, unanimous decision of Anthony Smith. And then Chowton Almeida submitting Jersey New Rosenstruck in the first round in the uh, main event. Five first round finishes on this card out of 11 fights. Pretty cool. Um, The uh, bonuses, unfortunately, my boy Brian Battle wasn't eligible because he missed weight. But so the four uh, performance bonuses went to uh, Jalton Almeida, Ian Ian Gary, Carlos Alberg, and Matt freaking Brown. And well, in that case, you missed what Dana said afterwards because he gave oh, Brian ba- he gave Brian Battle a bonus as well. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. so it, it wasn't listed here on topology, but uh, you get the full fifty. Yeah. Okay. I did see a comment from somebody now that you mentioned that, that was saying, "Oh, I miss the days when people that miss weight weren't eligible for post fight bonuses and." I don't know. Like I'm, I was, ha- I'm happy for for him. I don't. He had a, him. you know, he took this fight on short notice. Short notice. He did all he could. He he missed by two pounds. It happens, yeah. but he yeah. still, uh, you know, Gabe Green looked bigger than him inside the octagon. To well, be and you know what? Like he's yeah. the hometown boy. Gets a fucking second knockout. Yeah. And most impressively, he did not ask for the fifty k. Yeah. If he had asked for the fifty k, Dana probably said fuck him. You know, because yeah. they, they, I noticed people aren't doing that as much lately because they, yeah. whenever they do, they never get it. So, um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that was uh, an EUC and ABC4. So the, uh, they did 18,712, which I believe they said was the most attended yeah. fight night in UFC uh, history in, in the US. Yes. yes yeah. And true. just over $2 million gate. So the gate was a little lower. So ticket prices were a little lower, but uh, still. Two point two point zero nine million dollars for a, a fight night show headlined by Jailton Almeida, and we're back at the Apex next week. Yeah, can I say something? Yeah, can I say something about the show? Sure. You know what? I was thinking, and I saw a lot of people bring this up, but it almost felt like, uh, you know, it went, it went, the show went noon to six Eastern time, eleven to five our time. Yeah, that almost felt like the perfect time for MMA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I loved. I love the fact that I woke up, I had a little bit of breakfast, I covered and watched the fights, got to have dinner, dinner, yeah. kind of like almost like watching a football game or a NASCAR, NASCAR race. I didn't have all my night taken away, taken away. I like this whole You know what? The day. big when I was a kid, the big boxing yeah. matches were always on Saturday afternoons. Yeah. Wild World of Sports. Yeah, um yeah. and and yeah and then i wasn't alive i wasn't alive till 80 to late 85 but i know i i studied yeah. history so i know all about that stuff yeah and uh and yeah no i agree and the first one of these like this i remember was uh, a couple of years ago when there's like a big colby covington fight that was you know almost the same time frame as this and yeah. you know, i think the main event went into the cage at like you know five o'clock our time and it was you know that one that trump was there and uh you know, well, Trump wasn't there. The kids, the Trump kids, really. Or the kids, yeah, the kids, yeah. But that was like another one, and I think it's big. Like I think when you got a big fight on network TV on a Saturday afternoon, you're actually maybe going to get more viewers than you know, especially if it's promoted well. Than if you put it in, you know, at midnight. Yeah. Um. You know, because yeah, and and yeah, so it's three o'clock on the West Coast. I mean, you sacrifice that a little bit, but um, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I, I love this. 
it's tough because MMA is the strongest on the West Coast. Yeah, West Coast. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and uh, you know, you talk about the crowd like they were there early. It's like because you know yep. what, you could show up the crowd. You could show up, show up at eleven o'clock. You get you get going to an event that starts at noon. You can be out of there at six. You can go eat dinner and you can get yep. home and get home and enjoy the rest of your night, you know, or if you go out, go out partying at the bars, you know, go get the rest of the night. Yeah. And I mean, it's no different than, than, you know know what? The Yankees games are in the afternoon. (laughs) The, you know, football is in the afternoon. Like there's nothing wrong with having a UFC in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. And especially for, you know, everyone wants to talk about all the me, the media, the, the media people who go to shows, they're working their ass off and they get there early and they get there late. And I can tell you firsthand from, from being on the East Coast, East Coast, when those events end at 1 a.m., it's four in the morning before you're leaving the arena. If yeah. you're, as a as a media person, like it, it just like like yeah, everybody goes like, well, they get their big old comfy seats. We're still human beings. We get exhausted and tired, and stuff wears us out. Even even you know, even if we're going to get paid to go go to fights, you know, we get we get exhausted and and it kills us. It kills us. Even, like on, the, even on the West Coast, I was at yeah, that UFC yeah. two, whatever it was, the John Jones one, and um, I mean, I didn't get out of there till eleven. Yeah, anytime, you know, anytime I go to the show as a media member, it feels like it takes me two to three days to just recover yeah. just from the hours of fight day. You know, Absolutely. Just, yeah. Just, just, you know, you know, but anyway, yeah, this would be good. Yeah. Cause you wake up and yeah, you can just go right to the arena. So, yeah. Yeah. Wake up, go right to the arena, have, have lunch there and then get out, get out a decent time, go have some dinner and actually get a decent night's sleep, sleep before you, before you're leaving town the next morning. Mostly what I think a lot of people will, I could tell you firsthand from like a lot of media people, the people that cover the fights, they uh, they bring their stuff stuff with them. They're leaving the arena straight to the airport to head back home. Home. Yep. They're going. They're going home on no sleep, taking the first first flights away. Awake. Sometimes if you go to the hotel, you might get two hours of sleep. Sleep. Yep. It's a rough kind of. It can be a rough rough gig sometimes. You're talking to a guy that. Uh... I, I hit a I did that UFC and then I I hit a I was a six o'clock flight the next morning to San Francisco. So, yeah, yeah, I know I know what you speak. Yeah. All right, this coming week, um, we're just gonna look. Uh, we'll, we'll preview the UFC in a second, but there is quite a few events on uh, you know the regional scene. Uh, there's a couple U- Abu Dhabi Warrior shows uh, or United. What do they call it? UAE Warriors, UAE Warriors Fight yeah. Pass. Yeah, Friday and Saturday uh, mornings. And the second one actually has my boy Jesse Arnett uh, in the main event fighting uh, Ali Alkazi for their featherweight title. Yeah, it's um, a trilogy fight too. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think are they one and one? Uh, I think I think they might be. Um, and this definitely the bigger fight is the second one. Um, Alex De Silva also fighting on the card. I don't really recognize any of the other names. Yeah. Um, oh, Hennan Oliveira as well. Um, and there's a Mega Medoff on the card, so I imagine he's tough. Um, and uh, and yeah, the first I looked at the names on the first one, and there wasn't really anybody I recognized. But uh, those are on on Friday and Saturday morning on UFC Fight Pass. There's also an ACA uh, 157 is airing from Russia. Those are usually really high quality cards if you can find it. Um, LFA 158 on UFC Fight Pass Friday night. And uh, I don't think about it. yeah, there's what is this? I saw. Oh, actually, it's gone now. It was there earlier today. I saw Fury. 
Oh, that's next weekend. No, is that this weekend? 21st? Yeah, this weekend. Yeah, this Fury, Fury Challenger. Is that like yeah. that's Fury FC? Like they're yeah, yeah. They're, okay. That's on Facebook. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Uh all right. So that's uh, this coming weekend. And then of course we got UFC on uh ESPN plus uh from the Apex back, you know, instead of an afternoon card in front of fans, we got uh evening card in front of nobody. Late afternoon, uh, head- early evening card, yeah. Yeah, headlined. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad card, actually. Um, there's some decent names on here, but um, actually quite a few, now the more I look at it. But the uh, main event is an uh, interesting fight at straw weight. Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill. Um, it's a really interesting fight, actually. Like, you know, Dern's uh, people, you know, calling her future champion since she debuted, and Angela Hill's, like, probably the most active fighter over the last five years in – of any gender um real real interesting fight yeah yeah uh it was supposed to be on this past week's show in charlotte but uh got moved when uh the whole uh irene aldonia having to step in the fight amanda nunez situation happened so aldonia and pennington were supposed to fight and then they got then this one switched up but yeah very interesting fight uh mckenzie dern She's coming. It's her, uh, it's her, her third main event in her last four fights. She's going to in those main event fights. So she's looking for her first main event win, uh, coming off the loss to Jan Zion. And, uh, you know, this one, this one's important for her to keep her in the title picture. And if she, if she can't beat Angela Hill, Hill, then I don't know that she's ever going to be a title contender. Angela Hill is, you know, she's, Got, I think she's got the most fights, female fights in UFC history. Let's we'll see if she doesn't. She she should be close, close. I don't have the records in front of me. I think you're right I mean, though, because I mean she's been fighting all like she was two and zero when she debuted yeah. in UFC. So yeah. you know, and she's fifteen yeah. and thirteen yeah. now. Yeah, I mean she had a couple of fights outside side yeah. of the UFC. And, you know, this is her second run, but she was always she's always been she's basically been the. Uh, female Cowboy Cerrone for the last few years. Anytime there's a open slot, she's taking it. Uh, went through a bit through a bit of struggles for a while there. For a while there, late, you know, from from uh, mid 2020 to mid 2022, where she lost five five of six fights, but she's won two straight. And coming in this one, it's her second main event. Yeah, yeah her second main event fight, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's definitely got the tools to upset Mackenzie Dern, but she's going to want to keep it on the on the feet because I think yeah. if they go to the ground, Dern's going to be able to outclass her. Biggest problem with Dern, though, is she's been wanting to showcase her striking, and uh, she just needs to fight smart and just just take the fight to the ground. Take the fight to the ground if you want to win it. That's I think the- I'm leaning towards Hill here, and I'll tell you why. is because I just can't imagine Angela Hill giving up. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I kind of picture a thing where whether or not they get to the ground, like even if they do get to the ground, I just like, I just can't picture her submitting. So um, I know that sounds, that's a really rudimentary analysis, but um, interesting bit of trivia though, that the last two people that Angela Hill beat are actually fighting each other on, on the cart. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Loopy and Emily Ducott. Um, yep. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I'm very interested in this one because I like both fighters um and uh, i think it's an interesting story no matter who wins um you know I, although i'm sure ufc is hoping that mckenzie dern wins um but 
yeah, it's it's a fight. It's in the apex, and uh, hardcore fans will be watching it. And and there, you know, like I said, there's a lot of name fighters on this card. Uh, surprisingly, for an apex card, like this looks like a card that should be in front of fans, honestly. But um, I, I know maybe not that main event, but I mean, not to say that it's a bad fight or whatever. But like, it's the the there's a lot of action fights, and I could see like a lot of fights here that where the fans would really really add to it. And uh, unfortunately, we're not going to see that. But uh, why don't you uh, tell us three fights to watch on the undercard? Okay, so uh, my first one is going to be the co-main event. Edmund Shabazian against Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. As you, as you Fucking, like. right? Oh, no, yeah. Fluffy. Yeah. Fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> we knew what John Anik wanted to say, and he, he stopped himself and just said Fluffy. But it was yeah. made for an all-time classic moment. But, uh, yeah, it's a very important fight for both guys. Shabazian, it, he got back in the win column in his last fight. Last fight in December, fitness Dolce Lungiambula, and uh, now it's ready. Now it's time to see if he's ready to fight these guys who, who are you know either ranked or on the fringe of being ranked. Ranked uh, Hernandez is a good test to get back there. Hernandez won three in a row, and uh, four of his last five. He's uh, coming off of submitting Mark Andre Barrio in September, and uh, you know his, he's submitted Rodolfo Vieira. Vieira, world class jujitsu guy, so uh, he's he's a dangerous fighter on the ground. On the ground, he's got you know, but he's also got four knockout wins, so he's equally as dangerous on the feet. So very interesting fight, right, right there. Honestly, if they didn't move Dern and Hill, I thought this would have been a, been an acceptable replacement main event, main event, but uh, still a good co-main event. Uh, my second fight to watch, uh, you know, I'm going to go with some lightweight veterans, uh, Diego Ferreira against Michael Johnson. Ferreira hasn't fought in uh, in over a year since December 2021. He was on the cusp of being being in right in that title picture. He had won six in a row, including big win coming off of Anthony Pettis. But he's lost his last three. He's been he's finished his last two. Three losses came to Benil Darius, Gregor Gillespie, Matthews Gamero. I mean, very very good fighters. All three of the all three of those. Uh, Michael Johnson, uh, longtime veteran of the UFC, been around, has almost a five hundred record. Has fought basically everybody. Everybody uh, hasn't had the most success over the last over the last several years, but uh, he's won two out of his last three coming in off a decision win over Mark DeCasey definitely has a lot of fight left. I mean, he's two and one, two and one last year, you know, and after having what one only th- like, I think he was like on a string where he was three and nine over 12 fights. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, but, but yeah, it's an interesting fight between two veterans and I'm having a, tr- um, Flip-flopping between two two fights for my third one, but I think I'm on my third one to watch. I'm going to go to the women's strawweight fight between Carolina Kovalkiewicz and uh, Vanessa Demopoulos. Uh, Kovalkiewicz, you know, she was she had, she had lost five in a row at one point. There's a lot of questions about whether or not she was going to keep fighting, but she came back, had a strong 2022, got two wins over Felice Hare against Savanya Gomez-Juarez. You know, kind of seems like she's got some fight reignited in her, in her. And uh, Vanessa Demopoulos has looked good so far in UFC. She's, she's, uh, she lost her debut, but she's won three in a row since. And uh, 
and right, both these women are on the cusp of being ranked at strawweight. So very big fight for both of them. So very interesting fight too, as well. They're very, they're very kind of, they're very similar fighters. The, yeah, no, I agree. Um, that that's those are probably yeah the three that I would have gone with as well. Like I said, there are quite a few matches on here. I thought it's very um when you were talking about Edmund, uh, I I was thinking you know you're describing him and and I'm thinking in my head that that uh you know there's a lot of similarities uh you know in the career paths of Edmund and Mackenzie Dern, and then and then you look and they they have the exact same record, so I I just thought that was uh kind of interesting both 12 and three, but, you know, both kind of, you know, highly tighter prospects that kind of had a hiccup in along the way and trying to get back to that, you know, contender status. So, um, you know, very similar. Um, and then, and then in, uh, Michael Johnson, you're, you're, you're kind of similar to Angela Hill, you know, fight, yeah. fighter with a 500 record, almost, you know, that's been around forever and tough fighters that, you know, you, you always want to see fights. So yeah, very interesting uh, stuff here, but uh, take us through the, uh, the rest of these. And like I said, there's a lot of name fighters on the card, not necessarily a bunch of intriguing matchups, but eh, it's worth yeah. it for hardcore yeah. fans like us. Yeah. Yep. Uh, everything's going to be on ESPN plus uh, okay. prelim, prelims kick off at four Eastern time uh, kicks off with a welterweight fight Takashi Sato against Simba Gorimbo. Then we have women's flyweight fight, Natalia Silva against Victoria Leonardo. We have a lightweight fight, Chase Hooper going up to lightweight as he's getting mm-hmm. older and getting bigger. Uh, he's fighting Nick Fiore from the uh, from the Cavalcator Rob Font group up up in Boston. Boston, that's a very that's one of the fights I'm I'm also looking forward to right there. Then we have a heavyweight fight, uh, piss break fight, uh, Iller Latifi <laughs> against Rodrigo Nascimento. And then uh, welterweight fight, Orion Koske against Gilbert Urbina. Then the strawweight fight I talked about, Carolina Kovakiewicz against Vanessa Tomopoulos. And closing out the prelims is a lightweight fight, uh, Hayaser Mahashate, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Mahashate or whatever. But anyway, he's fighting Vyacheslav Borshev. And then main card uh, kicks off at 4 Eastern time. Lightweights, Diego Ferreira against Michael Johnson. Then you have an interesting welterweight fight, Andre Fialo against Joaquin Buckley. Buckley's moving down to 170 for the first time, first time in the UFC at least. And uh, then we have a catchweight fight, uh, Emily Ducote against Lupe Godinez. And then the co-main event, Edmund Shabazz against Anthony Hernandez. And then the main event, Mackenzie Dern against Angela Hill. So 12 fights kicking off at uh, four Eastern, three Central. So probably be done by 10, nine Central, which is not, I mean, you know, I, I prefer that afternoon thing you talked about earlier, but just isn't too bad either. Yeah. Um, you know, I can be finished and uh, get some stuff done afterwards, watch a late yeah. hockey or basketball game. I can get a fun. decent, decent night of sleep. You know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So you can look forward to that on Saturday. And then we get a week off, right? After this? Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a week off yeah. from UFC shows, but there's, there's that road to UFC thing they're doing next weekend as well. So, not, oh, okay, not a right. And thing. then, and then uh, I think the Ultimate Fighter kicks off shortly after that. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to double or nothing. So I uh, luckily it always seems to happen whenever I go to Vegas. There isn't a UFC show that week, uh, other than that one, uh, that one where uh, I was there. Um, all right, I delete that. And then uh, we got our uh, question of the week, and we hinted at this earlier. Um, and I brought this up and I didn't know if it was just me, but obviously it wasn't because you're, you're talking about it now too. Um, Dominic Cruz, if you watch this show, he was, 
I gotta bring up this. What, what fight was it? The Carlos Albert fight, right? Where Keith Peterson was actually refereeing, and uh, yeah. that's where it kind of went over the top because he was bitching about yeah. the ref all night, um, and you know, just like to the point where, like, it's funny because almost nothing he was saying was necessarily wrong. Um, although I think he doesn't always have a, the best understanding of how things are supposed to happen, but when he when this Carlos Alberg fight you know happened and, and you know he mentioned that he walked off and he was on him about the um the referee like oh the referee didn't stop it the fighter stopped it and the ref should stop it that's his job but you know it's Keith Peterson so what are you gonna say and it's like come on dude and and okay so remind people of what happened with Dominic and Keith Peterson in case they don't okay. remember from a couple of okay. years ago. Yeah yeah Dominic Cruz when he fought Henry Cejudo Cejudo at uh at UFC 249 for the very first show in the pandemic. Uh, he was fighting, Cruz was fighting Cejudo for the Bantamweight title. Keith Peterson was the referee. And Cejudo finished Cruz in, the, I think it was the fourth, fourth round or something. It was a fair stoppage. Like, like yeah. honestly, there was nothing wrong with Keith Peterson and how he refereed that fight. But Dominic Cruz was bitching, has been bitching since that day about it being early stoppage and claiming Keith Peterson smelled like beer and cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes. And he's, and every time Dominic Cruz is on commentary and Keith Peterson referees a fight, we hear just him just to this day, three years later, just going on and on about his hatred for Keith Peterson, you know, and Keith Peterson didn't do anything wrong, no. anything wrong. Dominic Cruz is just bitter that he, that Keith Peterson, you know, is was the referee of the only time that he he's been finished. I think it was yeah. the only time that Dominic Cruz has been finished, and he's bitter because Keith Peterson was the referee re- referee, and he just he just goes on and on, and he's just always bashing Keith Peterson, calling him a bad referee, even though when he's even though he's not, he's not doing a bad bad job about anything anything. But I mean, it just it. It got to the point, and it happened every time Keith Peterson was a referee for a fight on Saturday. It got to the point where Daniel Cormier was talking about, was telling Cruz on the air, "Let it go, dude. Let it go. You need to chill." Like, yeah, like because he was just like it was getting worse and worse as everything was going was going on. And Dominic Cruz, he's been doing a lot of stuff on commentary lately. Lately, that makes me question. Like, I think the UFC should take him off. Of commentary to be honest be honest he's always bashing the judging even though you know saying that they're not doing it wrong even though when you actually hear him explain how fights fights should be scored it's actually completely different than the way you're supposed to score fights like he has his own way of scoring fights and then he thinks that's how it should go and it does not line up with the abc the, yeah. the abc rules and it's just you know and he just goes on and on about this stuff and stuff and he's He's bashed having to work with Cormier before, before like uh, you know I don't you know he needs to let this Keith Peterson shit go. It's been three years, dude. Come on, it's time to let that let that go. And I actually think it's just it's making him a worse commentator and commentator and all that. Well, and especially because anybody that even knows what he's talking about is gonna probably have the same reaction I did, which was. um you know, he's still gotten to basically, you know, three years later uh, or however long it's been, I guess more than three years now. Um, 
or you know almost exactly three years but um you know and again it's a you know tough spot it's first time you ever got finished or whatever and you know it's it's hard to, but you know you, you gotta let it go um especially when it's affecting your job and um you know i, I yeah i uh it's just like and, and the funny thing is is as a fan watching or as as we are you know covering it you know it's coming <laughs> like and uh you know because you take a look and it's like oh there's keith peterson what, what's going to happen here Where, where's dom going to say something and i mean I, and yeah i got a kudos to keith peterson for you know like not making a big thing about it you know and i'm sure he's not probably thrilled with what's going on either uh but uh you know and i'm sure he's told about it and hears about it. he probably watches the fights back and uh you know and and uh he's not he's a professional so unlike dominic cruz so yeah, I, I I agree. I, you know, if they took him off commentary, I wouldn't be too upset about it. But I don't think they will. It would be nice if they did, though. All right, we have to talk about um, Francis Ngannou announcement. Uh, I honestly have no idea. I know that he was, pre- or is this coming tomorrow? Right? Yeah, yeah. He posted on okay. the, he posted on Twitter uh, a little video. Yeah, video with some stuff, and it said. 5-16-2023. So very likely by the time you're listening to this show, show an announcement will have already, already been made and is expected that he's announcing his new new fighting home. Fighting okay. home. And I cannot confirm I I don't have confirmation of where it is where it is, but it's also kind of the worst kept secret and it's gonna be PFL for MMA and he's gonna be involved with Jake. Jake Paul promotions to get boxing matchups and uh, Jesus and yep. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, we can start looking forward to Francis Nagano in big time fights against Marie screen and Jorgen de Castro. And let's see who some other heavyweights heavyweights, you know, what I don't even know. And I watch other shows. Um, but you know, Patrick Brady, Jordan Heiderman, oh, yeah, anti Delijah. Like, nobody want, nobody's gonna and, give a and shit. And there's no money in this, there's no money in this. He's probably gonna pay big bucks, but there's no money for his fights. There's no money in this. It's boxing, I mean, boxing promoters didn't want to work with him for to make Deontay Wal- fights with Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury because they realized he's not a draw. Uh, draw like oh my god like, i got their li- i got their i got their thing here um so the yeah. active fighters on the pfl roster yeah we, we need to kind of hold off on talking about that real quick okay real quick right. because of because oh of yeah because the news, the news item. item but there's trust me item. there's not a name you recognize that ryan hasn't already mentioned he's <laughs> he's going the back to fighting the people he was fighting in his first two UFC fights, just yeah. absolute tomato cans that you don't want to, you don't even want, you don't want to see any of these fights because you know, you know what's going to happen. He's going to knock him out in the first round, and that that's going to be it. That's going to be it. Yep. Like, like, come on, like, and nobody's going to watch these. Like, nobody. <laughs> like, he's. I like Francis, and I and what he was trying to do is very noble, but he completely fumbled, fumbled everything. Whoever was advising him fumbled everything it's just it's been his free agency has been has been like like you know you can appreciate him for wanting to do this stuff do this stuff you know trying to get you know trying to get it and really what you know trying to get fighters a bigger piece of pie really what he should do is start his own promotional promotional line and start giving the fighters all that stuff that he was asked for suddenly he might really feel like he might learn that 
okay, it might not be as easy as as saying it is, saying it is, but uh, he's just fumbled everything. Like he was staring at a John Jones fight that was going to make him twenty twenty five million dollars easy. Easy. And best case scenario, he wins this tournament and gets a million. Plus, and he'll get he'll get more than he'll get more than that, Gary, because they'll throw they'll you know PFL. We know with all yeah. these all these random investments they get money money laundering promotions. They won't pay him what the UFC could could have paid him, but they'll pay him enough. They'll pay him five million. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And then and then Jake Paul will will have all these promises about boxing matchups that will never happen. You know, and just, just, yeah, uh, Francis, you know, I like Francis and I don't want to be negative on him, but I think he threw his career away. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, now that he's, and he's going to go there. It's, you know, he's probably, it's going to be a while if ever that he goes back to UFC. And yeah. And, and these, I mean, spoiler alert, these, it's Jake Paul stuff's never happening. I, I'm sorry. I don't think it's going to, I mean, maybe it will, but I, if I had to bet on it, I'd say no. So, yeah. Um, all right. Just not much in the way of news, but uh, keeping on the PFL. Um, so, was it three of their fighters uh, in their heavyweight tournament? Uh, they, had, out? they had nine total fighters suspended yeah. by the Nevada State Athletic Commission <laughs> for failing drug tests over the first two over the first two PFL shows. Oh, right, because they, they ran in Vegas. They ran in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, just a mess. Yeah, here's the list. Okay, it's four light heavyweights: Thiago Santos, former UFC fighter, shocking. Christoph Jaco, former UFC fighter, Will Flurry, and Mohamed Fakhradine. Three heavyweights. Three heavyweights. They're probably the biggest, three biggest heavyweight names: Bruno Capaloza, Rizvan Kuniev, and Cesar Ferreira. And then two featherweights: Alejandro Flores and Daniel Torres. All failed drug tests. All on all on temporary suspension until their hearings are done. But I will say all of them, all of them probably looking looking at a year out of competition. I watched Will Flurry's fight, and uh, I think I commented like, "There's no way he's passing a drug test." Um, and I, you know, you say that jokingly sometimes, but uh, yeah, he was jacked. Um, I, I just did they not know they were getting tested? <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, what a cluster bleep. Um, I guess I could say a clusterfuck. What a clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so PFL uh and and they their tournament's already started. So I am sure some of those people that you mentioned already have points. And uh of course this turn these tournaments are like just a joke, anyways. Like, you know, they, we'll get to the finals and there'll be people in the finals that probably haven't even fought. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, and then uh, Misha Tate uh injured so she yeah. she she had that fight that was scheduled for was it she um, was, June 3rd against yeah. Myra Buena Silva uh Tate injured not happening injured I think her hand or something and uh she's out cuz Myra Buena Silva was uh, moved to a main event fight on July 15th against Holly Holm so oh god that's got to be an Apex fight right it is definitely an Apex fight <laughs> yeah uh, just Myra Buena Silva I mean Holly Holm's a big star <laughs> um yeah. All right, so yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully, we'll we'll see Misha Tate again later in the year. Um, yeah. All right, and then uh, we got some uh, fight announcements. Uh, quite a few of them, actually. Yeah, yeah, I'll highlight some some of the more key ones. Uh, UFC Fight Night, June seventeenth. Armin Sarukian uh, is fighting Joaquin Silva. That's an interesting fight because Sarukian's a top ten guy and Silva's 
middle of the road lightweight. It's almost a fight that seemed to be big. Like Kisarukian was supposed to fight fight a couple weeks ago against Hanato Moicano, but it got canceled. So it almost feels like a fight, you know, just to get Sarukian to stay active. So uh, he, should, he should probably win that one. And then another interesting fight on that show, show someone we uh, talked about big time off the London show, the past London show, Christian Leroy Duncan. He's a uh, oh, yeah. arm Armin Petrosian. That's a pretty interesting fight right another there. Another guy from Dana White Contender Series. Yep, yep. Uh, UFC Fight Night on July 1st. Uh, I think this is going to end up being the co-main event, but Grant Dawson against Demir Ismagulov. That's a honorary Canadian Grant Dawson. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. Uh, UFC Fight Night. I'll skip the UFC 290. Those are kind of lower. Those are pre- early prelim fights. UFC Fight Night on July 15th. I talked about Holly Holm against Myra Bueno Silva is the new main event for the show. The original main event for that one got moved. And uh, London, UFC Fight Night, London, uh, July 22nd. The main event that we've been talking about for weeks, a month on the show that I said was the main event, Tom Aspinall against Marcin Tabura. That's official now as the main event. And a few other fights on the show. Andre Muniz is uh, welcoming Paul Craig to the middleweight division. One gonna... half of the ICW tag team champions. Oh, he is a tag team. Yeah. Champion. He won last night. Yeah. You know <laughs> what? That's a, that's an interesting ground fight right there. Cause Mooney yeah. is the, both of these guys are great on the ground. Uh, another uh, fight, Ketlin Vieira against Penny Kianzad, Lerone Murphy against Joshua Koulibau, Nathaniel Wood against Andre Feely, Brian Barberina against Mahmoud Miradov. That's a that's that's wasn't uh, Brian Barberino didn't wasn't there like a fight that somebody was trying to book with him just like in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I yeah I forget who, who somebody but, called yeah. him out and they like they, oh it was on this past show it was um oh damn it I can't remember but they like they want to fight each other and they're so maybe that I guess they're gonna have to wait now. But yeah, I, yeah, it might have been Alex Morono. You know. Yes, yes, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, the yeah. two of them. They said we've been trying to get this fight. We've agreed to it. It's just a matter of yeah, okay. So, anyways, okay. yeah, yeah, just yeah. And uh, UFC Fight Night, August twelfth. Uh, Vicente Luque and Rafael dos Anjos. They were originally supposed to headline July fifteenth, but they got moved back a month to this August twelfth card to be the main event. And uh, yeah, that's about it. In All my right. Opinion. Uh, yeah, and uh, that uh, we obviously don't know where that fight's going to be yet, but uh, Apex, oh, Apex, oh, God, it is because they've they have applied for licenses for July fifteenth and August twelfth. Okay, all right, um, all right, so that's gonna that's gonna pretty much do it for our show. Uh, again, the big big show we had here. Um, the uh, Ryan, uh, I was talking to you off the air about uh, your article and i i started it i haven't finished it yet i'll probably finish it tomorrow morning but good stuff is always in the observer so tell the people about that and where else they can uh, hear and read you yeah we got my uh full coverage of ufc 288 from last weekend and this week's wrestling observer newsletter and then on the upcoming one that comes out this weekend i'll have full coverage of this past weekend show and then play by play this weekend uh you know for the ufc on Saturday, and then of course, you can hit me up uh, at Ryan J. Frederick on Twitter. Uh, I will not be active on Twitter until probably Thursday. I'm <laughs> taking a trying to take a sabbatical for a couple of days. Smart days from 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 social media and message boards and everything in the internet just to 
just because if you if you know me, you know what's been going on, and I just want to get through really Wednesday Wednesday morning and afternoon, and then I'll be I'll be like, is it safe to turn the internet back on? Because because some of the stuff I've been getting from people over the last week, like I have not been wanting to get on the internet. Put you that way. All right. My mentions and- have not my mentions have not been the nicest. <laughs> No, no, I've I've seen some of them, and yeah, people are not cool. Um, I uh, I just got the usual stuff, uh, you know, dynamite show tomorrow with uh, Jeff Hawkins, and uh, and yeah, I think, yeah, I'm doing. Oh, that's next week. So yeah, that's that's just about it. And then we'll be back next week with our regular show. Uh, I I'm going to Vegas, but won't be missing any time from this show. Although I know the I come back. Uh, we'll talk later, but we, the possibility will be delayed that week, but probably not. That that'd be in two weeks. So. Yeah, it's okay. That's not a that's not a big deal. We can. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. But uh, so uh, for Ryan, I've been Paul, and Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. Uh, have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.